Jedi Council is a podcast for entertainment and informational purposes only. It should not be used in place of advice from a mental health or medical professional. If you're struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help. Hey folks, welcome back to the next episode of the Jedi Council podcast. We like to explore mental health in your favorite fictional characters. This is your graduate student co-host, Brandon Saxton. And your associate professor co-host, Katie Gordon. Though all views are my own and not affiliated with my place of oh, employment. Yeah, I, I guess we... I think we've specified that before. We have. But it's, it's sort, all over the place. It's, Just it's, a, an audio reminder. It is good to sort of remind that, isn't it? We don't want to... Well, we don't need to get into the specifics <laughs> of uh, of opinions and uh, clarifying them. But that was a nice reminder. And I'm glad you said it. Uh, how's this Friday afternoon treating you, Katie? It's going pretty well. As you know, I am running late today. But I'm glad we found some time. Our usual time for podcasting didn't work. It's been kind of a busy week. It's Well, it's just about midterm, sort of. Yeah. It is that midterm time. Mm-hmm. And, and just being in academia at all, uh, we're both teaching classes. And between that and trying to you know, get caught up on grading and all the other 10,000 other things on the plate, it does get a little busy. Uh, and uh, we're, still, we're still carving out a little time to record. And that's what's important. Yeah. But... Being late, now that's interesting. Now that sounds like a behavior someone might want to change, uh, <laughs> which I am not implying anything, but rather just building a perfect segue for our uh, continuing. Believe our me, topic. the irony was not lost on me when I was getting over here. But as you probably know, this is a long-standing problem that I have attempted to change, and I'm not that good at. <laughs> yeah, and and, and uh, that's a, a perfect reminder for one of our things that we, I think we meant, have mentioned many times, and certainly in the last episode, that behavior change is very difficult. Mm-hmm. And so we just have to take the uh, take the successes when we can, yeah. and, not, and not be too hard on ourselves when when we struggle. And make sure to work with understanding people. <laughs> yeah, certainly that too. Uh, so. I don't, we're li- unfortunately like last week limited on time this yeah. week so i was thinking i would do a quick recap on uh reinforcement and punishment and extinction but maybe i'll pass actually on that um just because i don't want to eat up any of our extra time so if you haven't listened to the first part of our our little introduction to behavior modification uh listen to that first part we really break down the differences between uh reinforcement extinction and punishment and some of the nuances there uh and today we're going to kind of continue this conversation by just talking about what can you do to use some of those principles of behavior to develop maybe healthy habits or engage in some of your own behavior modification to move yourself to a place where maybe you're increasing some behaviors that you would like to do more of or decreasing some things that you identify as problem behaviors for yourself Yes, I think that's a great idea, and I'd like to, right before we get started, make sure, if you listened to last week's episode, we struggled logging into our Patreon account, but we have, and thankfully, our new patron was very understanding, Rebecca. Mm -hmm. Thanks for being so understanding. But we do want to give a shout-out and gratitude and appreciation to Rebecca for becoming a patron on our Patreon website. If you are interested in doing that, you can um, find us at patreon.com backslash Jedi underscore council, C-O-U-N-S-E-L. And that Patreon page is set up for a couple things. There's been some interest in starting a new Rick and Morty psychology podcast. 
um, getting a better microphone, and just some other things associated with the podcast. So thank you very much, Rebecca, and thank you to all of the people who have become patrons. Yeah, and everyone else who takes the time to leave a review or just talk about the show or tweet at us or anything like that. We really appreciate all the engagement and support. Yes. So let's dive into the topic for today. I I don't want to be rushed, and I know this is one of the things that we probably should have uh, made like an a priori uh, decision about, but this could end up potentially being a, th- a three part episode. But we'll see what we get through today. Um, so, what are some? I mean, I guess where should we take this conversation? Because we've kind of got the principles of behavior. Where maybe should we talk about some of our own experiences and trying to apply them, and what might be some tips that we might recommend that incorporate what we know about behavior and how it changes, and maybe some practical or problem-solving approaches that are good to incorporate together? What do you think is the best direction to take this? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And you have introduced me to a couple different apps Mm -hmm. and things that you found helpful Mm -hmm. and I found helpful too that our listeners might be interested in that are based on some of these behavioral principles and therefore may be helpful. Um, One of them that I'll, I'll mention is one of the things that we know seems to be helpful with behavior change is just coming up with a very specific plan at first and understanding that the plan is not perfect. It doesn't mean that it can't be revised. The important (laughs) thing is to get very specific about what it is you want to change. So, for example, if you don't want to be late anymore, hypothetically, Mm -hmm. then just saying, I don't want to be late anymore, isn't going to be as helpful as a very specific plan such as identifying, well, what are the reinforcers? What are the obstacles? Mm-hmm. Is it that, um, what what is getting in the way? And once you can identify those specific things and introduce things, for example, um, if you say, I'm not late for any meeting in a week, then I will get a, I'll say... Have a nice dinner. Yeah, have Friday. a nice dinner. Eat that up. works for me, yeah. That's, um, that's, exactly. Yeah. It could be anything that's exactly. just reinforcing. I for will. Yourself. I will watch all of Stranger Things in one setting. Oh, well, I'm, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm going to do that. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's, yeah. Sometimes it's hard to get those. But but the idea is that if you, the more specific you are, yeah. and identify, well, what are the things that make me late? Do I overestimate how much time yeah. I have to get to the places that I want to go? Is it that I am getting distracted by mm-hmm. something on the way out the door? Is it that I I'm not assertive about ending the meeting before mm-hmm. the previous one so that I can get on time. And so the first part is the plan. And one of the apps that's actually been helpful that you told me about, I think a couple years ago actually now, yeah. Habit Bull. Mm-hmm. And you can for free track five habits. And mm-hmm. it's very simple. You list the habit and you just track your, you monitor your progress. Mm-hmm. You click yes or no whether or not you did that thing. And what we know from research on behavior change is that just tracking your behavior Mm -hmm. helps you to actually change the behavior versus kind of keeping things all in your Mm -hmm. mind and stuff like that. So for example, if you wanted to track something like, I don't know, exercising, you can set and have it, you know, what for your goal, what is it? Is it five days a week? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you can click yes or no, or you can decide to record the amount of time you do. Mm -hmm. And that way you have a record that you can look at and see how close you're getting to your goals. And you can track if you're not, if you're not meeting those goals, then you can think about, well, what's getting in the way and you can go about problem solving that way. Or if you're, it's reinforcing to say, hey, I just met my goal five days in a row. That's mm-hmm. great. And you can 
that in itself can be reinforcing. And I think if I can build on that point, mm-hmm. which I think is really good, and actually this is something that not only do we know is uh, effective and useful, but also habitable, the app uh, kind of prompts you to do as well, is to start small. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we have a lot of different uh, maybe aspects of our lives or things about our own behavior or routines that we want to change. And maybe you might feel kind of a, a surge, a, a bit of a you know an increase in motivation. And I'm going to tackle these things that I've been ignoring. So I'm getting up every morning at 7. I'm hitting the gym five days a week. And you pick maybe four or five different things. And that's in a lot of ways and a lot of times setting yourself up for a failure because you want to start with small consumable achievable goals and you want to really focus some of those things in the beginning so even with some of my students who are working on self-change projects some of them have been picking three or four different things and i say that's fantastic i'm so happy you want to make these positive changes and i support that but for the sake of this project let's start with something small let's focus on one behavior and let's make realistic goals that you know you're able to accomplish and then when you start accomplishing and meeting those goals you will uh, be reinforcing that behavior as per the behavior procedures that you're developing and uh, then that's just reinforcing in and of itself so it's that, just something yeah, else to consider. No, I think that's a good point. I think that most of us can relate for to example like setting a new year's resolution. Yes. And often the New Year's resolution is not like someone going from not exercising to I'm going to try to go for 20 minutes a day, which there have been, there's some evidence that even walking for 20 minutes a day makes a big difference Mm -hmm. and it can help mood, it can help health, things like that. Um, It often can be like, I'm going to the gym seven days a week, Mm -hmm. I'm doing cardio for an hour, Mm -hmm. I'm lifting five days a week or whatever it is. And what you tend to see is that people sustain that for a couple weeks, a month. Some people maybe even go longer Mm -hmm. than that. But when they stop meeting that very challenging goal, Mm -hmm. then they just throw the whole thing out. And that's really, that's bad. Or if you miss three days and you say, I have to go to the gym every single day, that can kind of, um, that can make you not feel motivated to Mm -hmm. keep going. Because you're like, well, I fell off track. I'm just going to wait until next New Year's Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Whereas if you try to pick, I'm going to really focus on one behavior. For example, I'm going to reduce going out to eat to one time a week or something like that. If you make that your goal, say beforehand you used to go out three times a week or Mm -hmm. something like that. You know, similarly, so it's relative. If you go out to eat five times a week, a reasonable goal might be to reduce down to three times a Mm -hmm. week. Whatever, Whatever it is. And if you start with that... And you see that you're able to maintain that. Like we said, it's reinforcing because you are getting the message that you can do it. Mm -hmm. That's reinforcing. You might feel some pride in the fact that you're able to make those changes. And you're more likely to keep doing it. You can always adjust your goals, too, Mm -hmm. and say, okay, well, I started out going for a 5 to 10 minute walk three days a week. Now I want to up it to 30 minutes three times a Mm -hmm. week. But the point is to start off with something that's attainable because often people get discouraged early on if they're not successful. Mm-hmm. And some, and a lot of that is from selecting unrealistic goals. And we kind of see this with dieting too, that mm-hmm. often there are, if, if someone starts on kind of an extreme diet, they can stay motivated, stick to it. But then if they break it, they kind of, um, you know, just don't try to change anything mm-hmm. at all. So it can end up being like an all or nothing and discouraging mm-hmm. situation unless you pick those small attainable steps. And even when you do pick those small and attainable sort of goals, those kind of bite-sized ones that you you know that if you put in the effort, you'll be able to accomplish this, it's still important to actually think about 
uh, the fact that more than likely you're not going to meet the goal every time right away and setting yourself up to be prepared for that to happen. Uh, that's something that we do, you know, uh, as therapists. We talk mm -hmm. to people and say, you know, you, your mood is lifted down. That's really good. But we need to prepare you. There's a chance that you're going to experience something like this again. And so the same thing is uh, true for behavior modification. Uh, telling yourself ahead of time, there's a chance that I'm not going to meet my goal every time. And this is something that if I can engage in a little self-disclosure, this is something I struggle with with my own behavior modification is if this, the moment that I don't meet the goal, then I throw out the whole goal mm -hmm. and then I'm done with it. And it's sort of like, well, I, you know, I failed at it. Well, that's not the case. You didn't meet the goal that day. You're still making progress and modifying your behavior, uh, thinking about behavior as a very complex and multidimensional uh, multifaceted sort of construct that happens across time. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be so cross-sectional in nature. So just making sure that uh, you're acknowledging that from the start. There's going to be days where I'm not going to meet that goal. That doesn't mean I, I'm a failure. That doesn't mean I should quit. That just means I didn't make it that uh, day and I try again the next. And I, and I do think that, you know, that's something that I think most of us can relate to because I think that there is an idea that change is something that happens all of the sudden and then everything's different. But really, as we know, that's not usually how it works. It's like you can make a big, that's occasionally happens, but what's more common is that there are some, a big change and then some setbacks or there's some small changes and you work up to a big change and um, I think often when people, this is where it helps to really be intentional and in planning about the things that you're going to do. Because, for example, when I've worked with people um, in the realm of eating disorders, sometimes it'll be like they're following a specific healthy food plan and um, they have a cookie after dinner. And to them, it's not okay to ever have a cookie. So they just eat a whole box of mm -hmm. cookies. And the idea is that because they, they, when um, they veered from their what they consider a healthy diet plan, which a healthy diet plan does involve moderation, right? Um, then to them, it's just like might as well give up and start mm -hmm. over the next day. And I think most of us can relate to mm -hmm. that idea. But if you take a step back, what actually makes more sense, you know, depending on your goals, is you have the cook, you have a couple cookies, whatever it is. And if you decide that you don't want to have that many cookies every single day, then that's okay. You can. Think about that and decide what's healthy for you. And if you are suffering from an eating disorder, it's good to have a professional help you decide what's what's useful. But it doesn't make sense to then just go completely mm -hmm. off track. You know, I think similarly, that can happen sometimes people who are trying to cut down their drinking or they want to completely abstain, but they have a drink and they say, oh, no, well, I had a drink. I might as well just drink mm -hmm. as much as I can then and start over tomorrow. And so it's kind of getting out of that extreme thinking and thinking more about like okay I had this little slip from whatever I was planning to do but how can I get myself back mm -hmm. on track yeah I think reframing behavior change as being a process a continuing process not something like you said that just happens and not as I am a failure mm -hmm. who is unable to do anything because that's the other thing is that if you take a hit to your self-efficacy and your belief and your mm -hmm. ability to change when these things happen. So if someone tries to quit smoking and they slip up, they have a cigarette and then they say, well, I obviously can't do this. I might as well start smoking again. I think that that, you know, that kind of idea is, is problematic. And what's more likely to sustain changes if you're like, well, look, I, 
I had a cigarette, what were the factors that went into it? Well, I was drinking and I was around other people that were smoking. Well, what can I learn from mm -hmm. that if I want to prevent smoking next time? Maybe I'll be careful with my drinking until it's been a longer time since mm -hmm. I quit smoking, whatever it is. And that way it's a very kind of problem-solving approach rather than making it about your personal value. Mm -hmm. And that can be more helpful because often if it turns into like a guilt and shame mm -hmm. thing, it doesn't feel very motivating to even try to change because you're worried that you're just going to fail again, mm -hmm. you know? And that can be an obstacle in and of itself. Absolutely. So to sort of recap, we've got uh, tracking can be really helpful. Uh, developing manageable and obtainable goals can be really helpful. And then um, considering that uh, the process is going to be challenging and it's going to take time. And if you slip up, that doesn't mean just uh, throw out the whole goal. It means that you're working through the process and to problem solve why that may be happening and think about what you can learn about that in the future. That's right. And plans are good. Mm -hmm. They're good to follow. Plans can be revised. Yes. But the important thing is having a plan. We know that people are more likely to change when there's a plan in yep. place. Absolutely. Another thing that uh, this is not as much uh, sort of research-backed, but maybe a more of an observation and just studying and teaching about this, is particularly when we're thinking about self-management or, uh, you know, behavior modification for your own behaviors, accountability can be a little bit harder in that situation. Um, just because, you know, when you're in charge of, when you're the change agent, and what the change agent is, is the person or the, yeah, the person who really is in charge of giving the reinforcer. Uh, when you're the change agent and the person whose behavior is being changed, that, that's a little bit more complicated than, you know, maybe where you're implementing a behavior modification in a school or something mm -hmm. like that, where the change agent and the behavior, the person whose behavior is being changed is different. So it can be a little bit challenging because there is a little bit of self-control sometimes involved in uh, being careful about not just getting the reinforcer because, of course, reinforcers are inherently kind of good, and trying to maybe set up some built-in accountability. I think that can be important, too. So one thing that comes to mind for me is uh, it's it's important to me to try to get to the gym in the morning, and I usually try to get up somewhere between 5.30 and 6 and get to the gym by 6.30. But I hate getting up in the morning, and I, I'm just naturally very much a night owl, so that's hard for me. So one thing to have some built-in accountability for that behavior change for myself is I'm fortunate enough to have some friends who are kind enough to agree to meet me at the gym in the morning and just having something as simple as that where I can still be working on my own personal behavior modification but I've got someone who I know is going to be there waiting for me just for me personally I can think that that makes it much more likely for me to get up and get to the gym so that's just considering some of the controlling variables in the environment that might impact your behavior and for me that's having someone else who I know is going to be there waiting yeah for me, as and an it, example yeah and as a it also you can see from a positive reinforcement perspective following through with your commitment and mm -hmm. seeing your friend there, that's a positive reinforcement that's likely to make you keep repeating mm -hmm. the behavior. Yeah, and a lot of times, and this is maybe less specific to behavior modification generally and more specific to my own experience, is it's just fun to do sort of those exercises yeah. with a friend to someone where you you can have some jokes and you're having some conversation. So uh, just it's not working out isn't always very reinforcing for people in the moment. Uh, but being there with a friend can be a lot more reinforcing, as an mm -hmm. example. Yeah. yeah. So having some of that built-in accountability, I know there's other uh, sort of programs like this. Like uh, I've seen, I think it's an alarm clock that you set up where you can set it up for like 
a charity that you might not necessarily agree with or every time you hit the snooze button it donates like a dollar or two out of your bank account to that charity or you could set it up for mm-hmm. a charity that you enjoy too just the money going out of your bank account mm-hmm. is a an aversive stimulus for most people or uh, i'm sure you're familiar with this too katie some uh weight loss groups where you given a pool of money and then you get your money back if you meet the goal at the end certain things like that that have some of that built in account yeah just another thing to think about yeah and i and you mentioned for people who are into gaming um you there are a couple i know there it's a book right that you like oh, to level yeah. up your life that's right thank you for reminding me of that there are a couple of things so yes a, a book that i picked up quite a while ago probably over a year ago now and read is called how to level up your life it's written by a guy whose name is Nick Cam, I think. Ah, oh, shoot, I know. It I... says Steve. Oh, Steve. But I don't yes, know. thank you. Okay. Yes, th- you are being more attentive to the notes than I am. Uh, <laughs> Steve Cam, and he was this guy who self-identifies as very nerdy. And uh, what he did was he wanted to make these changes in his life, and what he did is developed a behavior modification procedure. But he made it very much like a video game, where he identified certain bosses, and and by doing certain things, he gained experience, and he could level up by accomplishing whatever goals he identified. And I thought that was really cool. And he wrote this book, kind of outlining his story and this process, and then how you could apply that process to your own life and some of the things that you want to change or behaviors or habits or what have you that you want to change for yourself. So that's a really, uh, really cool resource. Uh, I recommend the book. I think it's pretty good. One part that did bother me a little bit is he identifies some of the things and he says, well, just get out a piece of notebook paper and do this or go to my website and I've got a program for you to do it, but you have to pay to join the program, which mm-hmm. that seemed a little weird to me to sell the book, to mm-hmm. sell the program, but I think overall it's still good. I just have my own sort of bone to pick with that. Um, and another one then I actually was suggested by another one of our geek therapy uh, compatriots, Lauren Keller, who studies uh, gaming and how it relates to psychology and, and media and stuff like that. Um, the, it's an app actually called Super Better, and she tweeted at us about it. Uh, and then actually a few days after that, I just happened to be listening to a TED Talk, and they talked about the app Super Better, and they actually had the person who created it. And this was a woman who had experienced uh, some traumatic event that resulted in like a traumatic brain injury. And as a result of that, experienced a pretty severe major depressive episode and was really struggling with that. And so to cope with that, what she actually did was uh, made this sort of game that she could do to change her behavior, which involved a lot of components of behavior activation and just getting up and doing things and having some reinforcement. And she asked one of her friends to sort of join this game with her that she met as an ally. And it really worked for her and helped her feel a lot better. And, and she, so she, what she did was made it into an app that anyone could use for whatever problem uh, they might be facing or behavior that they want to change. And it's very much all about kind of like the uh, level up your life. There are bosses that you can do and there are, uh, you know, by engaging in behaviors, you earn experience and level up and you have allies and things like that and quests. And, and it's actually a pretty cool app. I downloaded it. I found it to be just a touch overwhelming at first. I haven't had the time to really dig into it and set it up yet, but it seems really cool. So, yeah, there are some people... Uh, I'm sure there are people who apply this in a lot of ways, but just with some of my own interest in role-playing games and and tabletop games, it's been cool to see behavior modification sort of tied into the way that we think about role-playing games involving experience and leveling and bosses and things like that. I think that's really cool. It is, and I think one of the things that this does is that it makes the reinforcers more explicit because you do get benefit from exercising, Mm -hmm. right? But like sometimes it takes 
it's over time and mm -hmm. so it's hard to make that decision in the moment but if it's something like you can level up or you can earn points or you can see a friend then that makes it so okay the the benefit is a little more immediate i'm more likely to do that and so if you identify those things that are more immediately reinforcing and you reinforce yourself by saying you know that's great that you were able to do this then the the makes it more likely that you're going to engage the behavior so that's taking what we know about behavior from psychological science and, and applying it in a way that can help you with self-improvement mm -hmm. and life improvement. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really cool. And I think it, uh, on the surface, I think sometimes people, well, I, I'm hesitant to say this, but on the surface, behavior modification is like, this is a little boring, I think, for some people, mm -hmm. if I can be so, if I can No, I think, I think that's true. I think uh, making it interesting is a big part of Absolutely. making it more effective. I think you're exactly right. <laughs> that's, that's the exact point I was trying to make. Because if it was so easy, we would just change our behavior. <laughs> that's exactly right. So by, by making it interesting and making it engaging and relating to those interests, I think that's an awesome idea. And I really applaud people who do that in a way that is designed to really help benefit other people mm -hmm. who are working on those processes. So those are some tips that we have uh, just in thinking about what are some of the underlying principles of behavior and what are the, some of the ways that you can use those and some more just focused problem solving to think about some of your own behaviors that you might want to use. If you hear those chimes in the background, that's the key that we have to go to our next that's meeting. True. And as I just talked about, I'm trying to not that's be true. I, <laughs> In one of our recent episodes, I tried to edit out the sound of those chimes because you could just hear them a little subtly. And uh, I found out that my sound editing skills are not good enough to grab specific chime sounds yeah. that happen intermittently. No, that, that would be a difficult challenge. But, um, so this was another kind of brief episode. Hopefully next week we'll have more time because we yes. do like going into more detail and things like that. We have a couple ideas and we'll pick out what we maybe yeah. even give a poll of our ideas and see what people want it most here next. Um, so we hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope that you found some of these tips helpful. If you want to talk more about this, tweet at us, message us on Facebook. Yeah, that sounds great. Thank I th thank you for covering the closing. I feel, <laughs> Sorry, I, really, I keep taking no, your stuff. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed it. It was, it was nice because I always feel like I leave things out. So I, and you covered it so nicely. So I'm not going to add anything to it. I'm just going to leave it at that and uh, and say thanks for listening in. And you'll hear from us next week. Thank <laughs> you.